Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we talk about all the changes Disney has made to dining during its reopening period so that you're ready to have the best dining experience possible in the parks. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Or if you're planning a Disney vacation, feel free to contact Joe, Joseph Chung, at TravelMation.net, and I'd be happy to serve as your travel agent at no cost to you. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips to Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we're continuing our Disney COVID Essentials series, which I came up with a better name, Leslie, since the last one of these we did, our Disney Reopening Essentials series. In our first one, we covered what's different with transportation. So this week, we're going to cover what's different with dining. How does that sound to you? Sounds good. And I like the new name. It's much more optimistic and more SEO friendly, of course. Nobody likes COVID in names of anything right now. <laughs> are you are you sure about that? I feel like if you put COVID in things, it shoots up the Google rankings. But yes, I do not want to ignore that we're still in a pandemic, but we can leave the name out of it to be a little bit more positive, especially when we're talking about Disney World. That's right. So we are going to talk about the changes with Disney dining. Now, we have done Disney dining shows in the past. A lot of that stuff is still relevant, but some of it is tweaked. Some of it is totally changed. So in this episode, you know, we're going to go through what you need to know for the near future, at least through the rest of 2020, maybe through part of 2021 about dining. So you ready to get started? Yeah, let's dive in. There's at least six kind of major changes. I'll start with the first one, and that is obviously kind of right now not everything is open not all dining restaurants is open first thing you kind of got to know is that inventory is changing regularly and sometimes it's changing very rapidly for example last week all of a sudden people are like whoa tangerine cafe in morocco the quick service restaurant in morocco closed and no one knows when it's going to open again which is actually pretty sad because it's probably one of the few places that my wife actually remembers eating at she really likes eating there so even though something is open right now, uh, there's no guarantee that it's going to be open, you know, a week from now or a month from now. 
Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. So I guess you have to be prepared to make changes on the fly for whatever reason. The place you have a reservation closes down or where you were planning, had your heart set on eating, I guess, um, isn't available. You're going to have to be flexible. Definitely. Now, the best place to kind of get updates is on the Disney website, and there's a direct link for kind of what's open dining-wise, so we'll include that in the show notes. But that's where Disney updates that almost in real time. So, you know, some restaurants opened up and, you know, all of a sudden they appeared on that list. So that is a good place to keep track of things. Now, some kind of general rules of thumb, character dining is not open right now, at least not all the normal character dining places. So some places like Chef Mickey's are open, but they don't have their character portion. There are only two restaurants right now that have their character portions. Leslie, those are? Those are Topolino's Terrace and Garden Grill. So you have one option in a hotel in the Riviera Resort, and you have another option in Epcot. That's right. Topolino's Terrace, uh, we talked about that one of the episodes right before kind of the pandemic hit. The reality is the character meal has not changed that much except for the fact that the characters don't come to your tables but they still kind of do that march and parade around the restaurant and so you know while everything was open i said it's one of the best character meals on disney property and now it is probably the best one out of two but the other one garden grill isn't too shabby it is in the land pavilion in epcot it's that very slow moving rotating restaurant that the table upholstery or the you know the table look probably could be updated a little bit but you know you get to meet mickey pluto and chippendale there and it's pretty cool and they don't come to your table again but they kind of i don't know how to explain this but there's kind of like a high wall and they kind of like say hello to you from over the back that's right and it's usually a buffet restaurant and they've sort of modified it for covid compliance where it's now family style all you can eat Yes, we were going to say this later in our kind of miscellaneous segment. But yeah, you should know that all buffets right now are these family style situations. Like Beer Garden is another great example. You know, instead of having a buffet, they serve the food to you at your table. And, uh, you know, at Beer Garden, of course, you still get to see the show. So that's pretty cool. All right. Last thing in terms of not everything is open. General good rule of thumb is that if a hotel is closed, you can probably expect its restaurants to be closed. Probably the most glaring example and most disappointing example to a lot of people right now is Animal Kingdom Lodge's Jumbo House. Uh, that is closed, so Boma and Jiko are closed. However, Animal Kingdom Lodge Kidani Village is open, so Sanaa is open. So, you know, that's kind of another general rule of thumb. Yeah, that's great. But in general, definitely check the website because... This is a moving target and will continue to be. And especially, I think, once uh, NBA season is over and things shift around a lot more, there's going to be some more openings. I'm hope I'm hopeful, I guess, unless crowds tank. But, you know, who knows? Yeah, they're, they're opening the pool back up. They're opening Stormalong Bay back up. So, you know, the NBA is leaving and uh, nature is healing. Um, that's right. Okay. So what is the uh, second major change that's been going on with Disney Dining right now? All right, second change is right up my alley, being the Disneyland aficionado that I am. It is the 60-day dining reservation window. So no longer do you have to plan six months in advance of your Disney World vacation. You can do it two months in advance. And it's important to note that this is the same 60-day rule applies regardless of whether you're staying on-site in a non-property hotel or you're staying off-site. But... 
There is a little bit of a bone thrown to on-property hotel guests. You have the benefit of being able to reserve through the entirety of your stay. So if you're at Disney World for a week, you can, starting at 60 days before the first day of your reservation, make all your dining reservations. So essentially, you get 67 days of availability. That's right. I just did this for a client, and it could not have been easier. The first day... You know, the 60 day out day, it was tough to get reservations, but really every day after that, it wasn't too difficult. Now, of course, because of the social distancing, they're having less capacity at the restaurants. So you might think, and in some cases, it is true that it might be harder to get a reservation, but especially if you're on site, this extra window that you get because you can book through your whole entire stay is very beneficial. Same rules apply as before. You know, when you make a reservation at a table service restaurant, you give them a credit card. They do not charge it, but if you no show for the reservation or do not cancel it within 24 hours, uh, you'll be charged $20 per person. Of course, I think I've mentioned in the past that if you're like, say, in the park and you just don't feel like your kids can handle it, for example, you can always go to the restaurant, tell them that you have a reservation and be like, sorry, I got a bail. And I have done that two or three times and never gotten charged. And I've even called on the day of when I was in an extenuating circumstance and that wasn't a problem. Yeah, Disney cast members are very generous. And, you know, if you have a good reason, or even if you don't have a good reason, they're sometimes willing to throw you a bone just because you, you know, bothered to call and ask. As long as you don't completely no-show, you probably can avoid the uh, $20 charge. So make sure you just communicate with Disney and they should be fine with it. All right, moving on to the third major change. That is the fact that almost all quick service locations in the parks and in the hotels have mobile order now. And in fact, use mandatory mobile order now. So in case you don't remember to do mobile order, you download the My Disney Experience app. One thing that has changed is now you have to select an arrival window. If the restaurant is not crowded then your arrival window can be like right now but if it's crowded you might see an arrival window that's like 20 30 minutes later than whenever you're ordering you select the arrival window you choose your food another nice update to the mobile ordering is that you can now use disney gift cards which uh you know i saw a report that it's possible to do, which you were not able to do in the past. You still cannot apply your annual pass discount or any other discounts, tables in Wonderland, whatever, but you can use Disney gift cards. However, it sounds pretty frustrating because you have to type in the gift card number every single time. So that's a little bit annoying, although maybe you'll have it uh, memorized by the end. What else do we need to know about mobile order? So drinks are filled by cast members. That's something that is a little different at a lot of restaurants. And of course, because of social distancing rules, when you are looking for a place to sit after you've picked up your mobile order, you will find that some tables are open and some are marked as closed. So that's just to give space for different parties. So uh, yeah, there may not be as much seating as you necessarily would like, but you know, then again, park capacity is limited, so it might be not be that bad. So what is the fourth change? You know, what is changing with table service? So table service has gone mobile as well, at least in part. There is now mobile check-in when you arrive at a table service restaurant, as well as mobile menus that you can read. So when you arrive, you can like totally skip the host or hostess stand. You can you know check in, and sometimes there can be a line, you know, at least in the past, and that way you can check in right away, and then you'll, someone will call you when your table is ready, and then. 
you can also scan a QR code to get the menu of the restaurant so that you can not put your fingers all over some commonly touched <laughs> menu. So so two changes that make things a little more seamless, maybe a little less fancy, I guess, if you're dining at one of the finer dining restaurants. I guess as a introvert, I am totally loving the idea of the mobile check-in. You know, they just have this like gigantic sign. Like I saw a picture of one in front of Topolino's. It's just this huge sign with a huge QR code and you just scan it and don't talk to any human. So the introvert part of me enjoys that, but Topolino's is a fancy restaurant, but it feels very unfancy to check in with the QR code. For sure. But yeah, I guess the preference is whether you want to avoid people and maybe even extroverts want to avoid people uh, during coronavirus. So maybe yeah, it's a win all right. around. I don't know. Plus it's the future. Maybe we just have to embrace the future. You know, in the future, we will all be uh, served by robots or something crazy like that. Who knows? Exactly. Well, Disney pioneered that. So, you know, it only makes sense that it's going that direction. Yes. Uh, I think they call it uh, mouse net and uh, it becomes sentient in the year 2040. So we've got 20 years left to enjoy that's a deep cut for you people out there <laughs> yikes all right so uh major change number five this is a short one but there's no disney dining plan right now and they have made no announcement about when it might be coming back and you know some people in the community think it might never come back and you know that's just a wait and see thing i don't know i think it might come back, but we may be talking 2022, 2023 or something like that. I don't know. I mean, who can predict these things? But right now, they don't have a dining plan because they don't need to entice people to come with it or to use it. And frankly, I don't think they have enough restaurants open to really you know, make that work right now. What do you think, Leslie? Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be a while. But you know, what do we care, Joe? We don't ever get the dining plan. <laughs> Right. That's right. That's right. And they, they closed all the loopholes that I had been exploiting. So shame on them, I guess. Or shame on me, maybe. <laughs> hey, you got while the getting was good, as we say in Alabama, where I grew up. <laughs> I'm still, uh, and we'll get to this, but I'm still debating what will happen if I bring my popcorn bucket back next time I go, which, you know, it looks increasingly further and further away from the date that I actually purchased the original one. But before we get to popcorn, let's finish up with change six, which is uh, really mostly related to the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. That's right. So at Food and Wine, and frankly, anywhere, there is no walking while eating and drinking. If you are going to be taking off your mask and consuming something, you have to stop and stay still. And Disney is dead serious about this. I mean, there was a little bit of loosey-goosiness in the first you know, couple of weeks when Disney reopened, and they finally decided that it was going to be abused or it was being abused, and so they needed to to stop everybody. So find a table, sit on a bench, find some place to just get comfortable and expect that you're going to lose a little bit of time. You know, maybe if you're eating while you're walking to your next attraction, you're not going to be able to do that anymore. So you're going to have to slow down your park touring strategy as is. I think this is a great change. This makes everybody feel safer, especially at a place like Food and Wine in Epcot where everybody's eating and everybody would be moving around and passing each other. Yeah, so I mean, they've added extra tables. And, you know, this is a good place to I don't think we mentioned this in other episodes, but Disney has kind of updated that there are face mask regulations so that you can't have any masks with holes in it. I'm sure you've seen those clever masks with like a little flap that you can open up to like stick a straw through, which probably was super useful at food and wine, but you can't use those. Obviously, you can't use ones for valves. Of course, that doesn't help you eat and drink. But yeah, I mean, that does kind of change your touring. You know, you won't be walking around the Magic Kingdom eating a turkey leg or eating your popcorn. You know, you got to 
I, I, I feel like the one that's going to hurt me the most is having to sit down or stop to eat my popcorn. You know, I used to love walking around and popping that stuff. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, and at least the good news is you probably won't gain as much weight at Disney World under these circumstances. Because what are you talking about? I was walking. I was walking. I got this new Fitbit, Leslie. I'm ready to go. Um, yeah. No, I mean, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're, I mean, the reality is you're going to you're gonna probably eat less food because you're not going to eat and walk as much. So That's fair. Although, question whether that was a wash if you're eating and walking at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not a scientist. All right. There are a couple of miscellaneous changes that, you know, aren't major ones, but are worth mentioning. So I've talked about popcorn like a million times already. The refillable popcorn buckets, what you used to do is you would pay the $2 for the refill, give them the popcorn bucket, and they would fill it for you. That's changed. Now you just flash your popcorn bucket, which makes me think that they will accept my popcorn bucket from two years ago. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. You flash your popcorn bucket, and then they just, you know, fill up one of those paper boxes with popcorn, like the ones that you would get if you were buying a non-refillable popcorn, and they give it to you and you just fill the bucket yourself. That, that's a minor change there. It's it's kind of along the lines of the you don't fill your own drinks change. It just minimizes the contact. Yeah, that's right. And a couple other minor changes. We already mentioned that buffets are gone. They're going to be bringing family-style food to you at restaurants like Beer Garden. So that's something to keep in mind, and that's a, a welcome change. But I don't know whether people will eat more or less under this. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like. I I feel like you know if I can go off on a little tangent, like for a place like Chef Mickey's, where I would go to the like, tiny kids buffet and like load up on tater tots and chicken fingers and stuff like that. Now maybe I won't eat as badly because I'll be embarrassed telling the cast member, "Hey, can you give me like half a plate of tater tots and chicken fingers from the kids menu?" But who knows? Maybe I'll have no shame. I don't know. We'll have to find out. That's right. That's right. Um, I think we already mentioned Tables in Wonderland. It is currently not for sale, but if you have it, your benefits are extended for four months. So that's a nice little bone that's been thrown to people who have been displaced by the pandemic. Yeah. And then if you have an annual pass in the past, you would receive 10% off at almost every restaurant. And that's still the same. You know, that has not changed at all. And they've started selling annual passes again. So unlike Tables in Wonderland, that's still a way, obviously, you have to buy the annual pass, but that's still a way to save some money on your food. All right, so we thought we would finish up this episode by just talking a little bit about our personal dining recommendations. Now, I haven't talked to you about this, Leslie, but I currently actually have still yet to eat anywhere outside. Definitely still do not feel comfortable eating anywhere inside. I don't know. What is your feeling about that? Because a lot of my recommendations are all kind of outside eating if I were to be at Disney World. Yeah, personally, I haven't eaten at a restaurant since beginning of March. So even outside, I've only done takeout. But I mean, that said, I think I would be comfortable at a lot of outdoor restaurants, just given, especially at Disney, where I know the tables would be adequately spaced. So that would be my choice. I still am a person I would not eat indoors and Florida's doing it differently than we're doing here in California. So that is probably a, a result of just my geographic bias. But uh, there's certainly plenty of indoor restaurants where there's lots of space at Walt Disney World so that you can social distance. Personally, I would recommend if you feel the same way Leslie and I feel, you know, I'm the same. My city is still, we have been in phase three, step one for like two months now, and we don't look like we're going anywhere. There is indoor dining, but I haven't done it myself. 
if I were going to Disney World, I would just be looking for outdoors quick service restaurants for the most part. I'm always partial to Satuli Canteen in Animal Kingdom that has outside tables. There are a few outside tables at ABC Commissary Hollywood Studios. That's probably where I would eat if I was at Hollywood Studios. Leslie, you and I have talked about the fried chicken sandwich at Sleepy Hollow at Magic Kingdom. I would eat there. However, you know, I have seen long lines at Sleepy Hollow. Maybe everyone is... Uh, thinking the same way in terms of eating at the Magic Kingdom. And then, of course, at Epcot, you have food and wine. So, you know, you can just stop and eat, stop and eat, stop and eat and eat outside. Uh, for table service, just in case you haven't heard our previous dining episode, you know, Leslie, you want to go over what some of our favorites are? Sure. So everyone knows we love Skipper Canteen in Magic Kingdom. And that's a place where the tables are already pretty distant. So that seems like pretty open to me. Also fairly unpopular, except for amongst us. So never, I don't think either of us have heard of it ever being super crowded, except for during super crowded times. So socially distanced automatically there as well. Yeah, for sure. I think the prices probably drive people away. And, and it may be that the prices drive people away during this weird reopening time because people may not want to spend the big bucks on a diminished dining experience. But the food's really good. So go there if you're going to dine indoors. Uh, I know you're a big fan of Via Napoli. Is that a good place you think uh, for indoor dining? Yeah, I don't know about the social distancing because that place is always super crowded. But in terms of value, you know, if you don't mind indoor dining, Via Napoli has always been towards the top, especially now that the dining plan doesn't exist. One pizza is going to feed like a family. I, you get pizzas of different sizes depending on how many people there are but you're going to feed a lot more people and have them a lot more full for a lot less money at via napoli so always a favorite there and i never turned on pizza that's fair and we've mentioned beer garden in epcot and the germany pavilion that gets you a show as well as some food so that's another option to consider you and i are also big fans of the sci-fi drive-in in hollywood studios so it's a little bit of a tighter restaurant. I ha obviously have not seen it and how they're doing social distancing there, but it might be a harder table to get, but that's worth considering. It's probably like the drive-in movie theater that I went to with my kids a couple of weeks ago. We have to park in every other parking space, so I bet you they have uh, every other car filled in there. Makes sense. Makes sense. And also in Hollywood Studios, we love 50s Primetime Cafe. That is an interesting proposition during coronavirus because there are a lot of little different rooms in there. So I think that might actually give you some additional separation among fellow diners that might put people at ease. And of course, we have to shout out Aloha Isle for the Dole Whip. You should get via mobile order, except for now the line's probably going to be long since everyone's mobile ordering. Yeah, but you got to get your Dole Whip one. Yep. So, you know, those are some options. Uh, you can listen to our old episodes about other dining options we like, especially in the hotels. You know, there's still a ton of options for where to eat at Disney World. You know, some of people's favorites may not be open, but uh, you should be able to find something that's to your liking if you're looking for it. So, you know, those are just some suggestions in case you haven't heard our old dining episodes. All right, Joe. Well, let's close it out with our usual Disney do's or don'ts. What do you have for us in the era of Disney World reopening dining? My Disney do is to remember to hydrate and remind yourself to do that very regularly. Even if you are going in the winter, it gets very hot in Orlando and you know you can't predict the weather in the winter definitely if you're going right now in August September or even October please remember to hydrate most people drink 
from their water bottles while they're walking. But since you cannot do that right now, you have to stop every time you want to take a drink. You have to kind of really remind yourself to do that, especially with your kids, right? Because uh, you're going to force March of Happiness them and be pushing them. And so, you know, you got to stop and remind yourself, remind them to take a drink. Super important, always at Disney World, but definitely right now since you can't walk and drink at the same time. Very important point. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. I know our friend Carly Wiesel, who went on the opening weekend, felt like she got very dehydrated just because she was so good about her mask and definitely don't want to be one of those. For sure. All right. So that is our Disney reopening dining show. That's what we understand right now is going on. Like we said at the top, things are always changing. So if something has changed or if some of our information is out of date, please let us know. DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com at www.deciphered on Twitter or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Also love to hear your experiences if you've dined in the parks since reopening. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Please let us know if you have any questions or any other topics you want us to cover. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and I'll see you at Sleepy Hollow, waiting in line. Thanks, Joe.